What's up, everyone? I am Kyle Schudick, and welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast. I am so grateful to have you listening with me today. This podcast is an in-the-field approach to connect you to the stories and experiences of people who are or have had to overcome their battles, those who have chosen to stay in the fight. You're going to hear of resilience, perseverance, and persistence that hopefully relates and resonates with you to show you that you are not alone in your thoughts and feelings and experiences. Our aim is for you to extract a lesson, strategy, or tactic that you can integrate right now so that when things feel too overwhelming, you too can stay in the fight. Russ Avery, welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast, my friend. I'm so glad you were able to come on to this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Carl. It's awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, there was definitely, I had reached out, because uh, we connected on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. You know, I think we were kind of starting doing video content at the same time. And then um, there was something, some story you put out, and it was just a little insight into your life. And and I remembered that because when I started the podcast, you went on my list of people, like, and you didn't know it because I'm sitting there writing lists, like, who could I interview? Who has an interesting story? And, and you really came up. And so when I reached out, man, um, you sent me a video of something that you had gone through. And I thought it would make such an excellent episode because I think there's a lot of people out there, and I hope you believe that too, who will really do some good from this. So um, yeah, man, this is going to be, this is going to be amazing. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Thank yeah. you so much for inviting me. Oh man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. I've been looking forward to this because we had to reschedule, you know, right? Like you got I sick know, yeah. and I got <laughs> sick and, um, but, but it's happening. We're here on Friday. Uh, for anybody who's listening in the States, this is the day after Thanksgiving. You might not hear this till the first episode of 2020, but it was the day after Thanksgiving. So I'm getting my collective stuff together and uh, we're going to get the episode recorded. But Russ, what we don't do on the show is I don't do cold intros, so I don't allow myself to introduce you because it just comes across inauthentic, and I really believe you can tell us about you more than I can from a script. So we basically do the rundown, and the rundown is who you are, which we know is Russ Avery, and uh, where you're located. I think some people will be able to guess that. <laughs> and what is your focus right now? Like, What are you focusing on in your life? Cool. So, um, uh, yeah, my name is Russ. Uh, I'm based in a small town called Farnham, which is in Surrey in the United Kingdom. So if your geography of the UK isn't that good, I'm just an hour west of London, basically. So that's where I am, uh, surrounded by a beautiful countryside. Uh, it's a great place to live. Uh, my focus right now is, you know what, this is an interesting one because I am split in multiple different directions. So First, first and foremost, I'm, a, I'm an independent marketing consultant, um, but I specialize in helping responsible and sustainability-focused businesses. Um, so my core business at the moment is still Russ Avery Consulting, where I'm, as I said, that independent marketing consultant. Uh, but I've also got various different side projects on the go. Um, so one of them is Renewability, which is a sustainable and ethical clothing line, which is very much a side hustle 
it's something I do for fun with a friend of mine. Um, I was just telling Kyle before we started the podcast that I haven't been able to focus on it for, you know, about two months now, purely due to being too busy, which which both sucks, but I should be grateful for <laughs> being busy with client work, yeah. which pays the bills, so happy days. Um, yeah, renewability is fun. It's, um, it's fully fully sustainable, uh, certified organic cotton from a fully traceable supply chain, and we drop ship direct from the factory, so there's never any unwasted stock or anything. We, sh- we're, we ship plastic-free. Um, so yeah, really cool little side hustle there. Um, and I'm currently... I've just launched a new business with two of my German colleagues, which is called Elodie, which is a cross between a sustainability consultancy and a creative communications consultancy. Man. So there's definite crossover there in what I do as, as Russ Avery. But the idea is that we can serve uh, mainland Europe um, uh, because those two guys are based in Berlin and Germany. Um, and it's really exciting. We literally just launched on Tuesday. So I have no update for you <laughs> other than we're live, we're there, um, we're called Elodie, there's a really cool story behind it, which we won't go into now, because I know that's not the focus, Yeah. Um, and I'm doing some stuff with my friend Tim, who, who is my co-founder on Renewability, um, and we're, we're like winning work together um, in Farnham and our local area, because Tim's a graphic designer, and I'm oh, a wow. marketer, and the two services kind of go hand mm. in hand for a lot of stuff, so it's, it's exciting, yeah. You've got your fingers in like every cookie pot that is your, <laughs> is your interest. So that's really cool. Uh, you know, a lot of people stay busy, right? Trying to get all these different things off the ground. Me, man, I'm like a singular focus is like, okay, I got to do this one. And then maybe this one before, after this one's done, but the first one doesn't get done. So we just don't. <laughs> oh, I totally get it. And you know, I, um, I, I'm only just coming up to two years ago when I left full time yeah. to start out on my own. Um, but very, very quickly as in, within the first month of going solo, I got seriously bitten by the entrepreneurial bug and I mm. just love it. Like I, I've really found my, my niche, my flow. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm, being an entrepreneur now that I have been one for almost two years, definitely wouldn't suit everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can say that hand on heart, but it really suits me. So I, I like working from home. I don't miss being surrounded by people in an office. In fact, I almost see more people now yeah. Because you, you go out and you meet more different people and you meet other entrepreneurs and other freelancers mm-hmm. rather than being the same 20 colleagues that you see every single day. So some people say, oh, isn't it lonely? And I'm like, right. no, not you, can be, you can be way lonelier yeah. working in an office surrounded by people that you don't really like, <laughs> <laughs> who, you have, who you have to have awkward small talk with at the coffee machine, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how was your day? You saw it yesterday. I was staring at the screen for eight hours. How was yours? Oh, it's exactly the same. Yeah. I, you know, I had that, I had that same, same thing a few years ago. I was working in one of those, the open office, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, but it was just enough, like the, like cubicle, cubicles aren't bad if they're high enough, you know, <laughs> but these were just like where you could see the person across from you. So if you can't see my hands are at my nose and you could see the person to your left and your right, it was just enough to give you that, like, I'm not alone, but everybody would use, I am to talk. <laughs> right so nobody would get up and chat with one another it was the most loneliest and isolated feeling i ever had but you're yeah. right you're right you know building the uh i think the opportunity to do stuff like like the podcast is it, or you know having your yeah. entrepreneurial venture it gives you the the ability to build more community because you have to in order to thrive um i've had more doing this i've had more conversations with people like you who are so interesting in everything they do is in, and i truly find that you know everybody has as soon as you just talk, talk to our story and you stop talking shop, you actually do so much more. Like there's, it's, yeah, you learn more. Yeah. You, yeah. 
they you get introduced to more people mm-hmm. like people will name drop other interesting people that they're connected to and then yeah. you, you, know, you go and talk to them i bet you've got other podcast interviews from people that your previous guests have mentioned and stuff like oh, that yeah. I've had so, people say, hey, you know, you gotta, I ought to recommend this guy. And it has nothing to do with business whatsoever. <laughs> and then those connections actually build. It's really, really interesting. I, I know we're kind of talking the semantics of the podcast, but it's okay because yeah. we're going to dig into to a lot of this. Um, yeah, it just happens that way. It's nothing about the business. And then all of a sudden I find out more about them. Like we uncover more about you and then we'll probably get off of here and I'll be like, hey, Russ, I have somebody I got to connect you to, right? And that's just the way it works because we just learn the interesting ins and outs of one another and we learn people's backgrounds. And I think that's what's really interesting about like the entrepreneurial and the self journey is you get to learn more about people and what they've gone through. That's like what this whole podcast is founded on and what I really believe. I just did an episode talking about uh, connection with another guy named um, Ross and Ross, Russ. Oh my God. We had two uh, Ross and Russ back to back. Cool. Uh, like I find that funny. <laughs> I find that so funny. Some people will be like, that's not funny. Kyle. Oh, well, um, you gotta laugh about everything, but I find that that happens. And, and, and the more we find out about people, I think the more people want to genuinely connect with you because they hear your story and they hear what you're about. It's not, you know, um, I don't know how often you put out content on LinkedIn anymore because like sometimes the algorithm has really changed. However, um, anything I've seen about like your content isn't necessarily just like buy, 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 buy. It's, it kind of gives it an end to like who you were connecting with and what you've been up to. And yeah, it's not I necessarily, mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the last time I published anything on LinkedIn that was really? to do with my services or yeah. anything. I just, um, you know, not directly. I mean, yeah, I, I publish... Um, stories about like meeting a client or having a meeting with a prospect but it's always based on something interesting that happens yeah. like it, it's social selling you know mm-hmm. like talk about your story and what you're up to and you're far more likely to get the right kind of people gravitating around <laughs> you than being hi i'm russ <laughs> buy, buy my outsourced social media marketing packages or whatever it might be in 2019 you're missing a trick yeah <laughs> You know, I think for the, like the past 10 years, it's really been just that big shift. And um, what I see is the just more authentic and get to know somebody because you can be friends with people you do business with. It's okay. Like it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. It used to be such this, 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 um, everybody would hide everything about themselves and that this, it would just seem so. And this is know. perfect because this is coming back to how you found my video. Yep. So exactly. that was from the, I got nominated to do the let's get honest campaign. Yeah, that's what it was. So um, it was Katie, Katie Wallace, who nominated okay. me for that. Um, so you should have you interviewed Katie? No, I haven't. This is how it happens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're doing it. So, so you should totally um, connect and look up uh, Katie Wallace. Um, yeah. So we she's a LinkedIn connection of mine. Never met her in real life because, you know, she's based in the States like you mm-hmm. are. Um, she, she nominated me to do the let's get honest, uh, video cause she had done it last year and it had gone really well for her in terms of meeting great new people through sharing her personal story and getting good engagement and building great new connections. Mm. So I, I was slightly nervous. I'm not going to lie because I had by that stage only published about five five videos to LinkedIn. So still very early, still hated looking into the camera because, you know, it was getting easier each time, but you're still not fully over your, <laughs> oh, yeah. your fear by video five. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I went for it and 
yeah, I don't know if you want me to go straight into it now. And that would be- yeah, absolutely, man. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dig in. So, so here's what happens. Like sometimes I just dig in and say, what's your story? And then we, sometimes we have this organic conversation just leads into it, but eventually yeah. that's what we're going to get into. So um, yeah, what Russ is talking about is I saw a, a, a Russ had, has a video. It's truly about the story that not a lot of people, I don't think really know unless they saw that video. Like, no. is this something you generally go out and like tell people like, Hey, I had, no, no, no. all right. Yeah, this yeah. is what we get into because there's a lot of sub, you know, like psychological and feeling it, th- things that happen that affect where you're at today. So we're really going to dig into that. So yeah, go ahead and share, um, share about the video and we're going to really, that's what we're going to get into the real meat right there. Nice. Okay. So, um, I, I took up the challenge, I decided to publish the video, and the there was only one topic that I could really think would be valuable uh, to share for the hashtag Let's Get Honest. Um, and it was about this episode that happened to me almost, this is perfect timing, like uh, six years ago, almost exactly to the day, oh, wow. um, was uh, the date of the operation. So what happened was I, um, in uh, in October 2013, I was out for a run with a friend of mine, and I within like three steps, I suddenly got like really breathless, and um, I had like crushing chest pains, and just like fell to my knees and had to stop, and basically thought I was having a heart attack because I imagined that's probably what it would feel like. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, I ended up in hospital being checked out for exactly that. So I had ECGs done. They came back normal. I had bloods taken. They came back normal. Uh, because, uh, in case you didn't know, um, if you have a heart attack, your body produces, um, a a chemical that shows up in your bloodstream and is present in your bloodstream for up to 72 hours or something. So they can tell through a blood test, whether you had one in the past, like in the past three days and there was no trace of it. So, you know, ECG came back fine bloods came back fine so doctors are going hey what the hell made you you know collapse like that so I was sent off for an x-ray and then the results of the x-ray come back and I have this massive white shadow over the whole left side of my of my chest and I'm aware that this is a podcast not a tv episode (laughs) it was um you can't see what I'm doing so it ran this this white shadow ran from like um just above my collarbone all the way to the out to the side of my chest and down to like you know the bottom of where your lungs are mm. so on an x-ray when you take a deep breath your lungs come out big and black and the black is all the air in your lungs so my right lung looked really nice and healthy and big and black and my left lung was like this tiny black sack like in the bottom left hand corner of my chest mm. because the rest of it was taken up by this white like mass yeah unidentified mass so it was like huh okay um that's not supposed to be there <laughs> so i'm just like you, I mean, was that the reaction <laughs> well you know it's like it's like am i allowed to swear because it was it was, it was like yeah. shit, you it's know, your episode shit. man you can say whatever i mean want. yeah exactly and it was it was you know it's the biggest most awful thing that's ever happened in my life so i was man. like okay, holy shit what does this mean and they're like well yeah. uh you yeah stay here we're gonna have to send you off for a ct scan and uh you know that'll be the next step so God, awful man awful like waiting around in the hospital like hundreds of people who are listening to this podcast out there will know because everyone's been uh awaiting the results of you know whether it's a blood test or a a broken bone or something and yeah waiting around in a hospital is no fun 
So I get sent for a CT scan, I have that, and then I've got another wait in a hospital side room uh, for a doctor to come back to me. And eventually they walk in after what seems like forever. And uh, I'm there on my own because my wife is at home with our, with our one-year-old at mm. the time. Uh, and she comes in and like, honestly, it was like, that's when it was like a TV episode because she, she, this consultant had an expression on her face where it was only bad news, right? Like, yeah. Oh so man. She, she came in the room, closed the curtain and just sat down on the end of the bed and said, Mr. Avery, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but you know, you've got a large, a large mass in your chest cavity and you know, mm. it's about this big and you know, she shows me the x-ray again and the CT scan and. Uh, uh, it's just like ugh, your world suddenly gets flipped upside down yeah. in a split second and you know you've got so many questions running through your head but you don't know where to start so no kidding yeah yeah i mean i think the first one was okay well what is it and if, <laughs> yeah and if, yeah, yeah. Annoying, the answer to that was we don't know <laughs> we're, we're, yeah we're gonna yeah. have to do an mri scan to an MRI scan and a biopsy to find out exactly what it is. But the point, the point is at this stage, I'm telling you, you've got a huge mass growing in your chest. That's not meant to be there. Mm -hmm. Oh, so just, Oh man. I mean, that's, you know, that's why we're talking. It was yeah. the most difficult, emotional, distressing situation I've ever had in my life. And, well, uh, I, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, uh, everybody, I mean, everybody expects to, to, to just have this like optimal health, right? I mean, yeah. even if you're not fit, you know, it's just, you're running. So it sounds like you were trying, you know, you're trying to keep up with your phys physical fitness. And oh, yeah, good I, point. I forgot to say, like, if yeah. anything, um, yeah, if anything. So I, I, I keep really active. I'm really fit and healthy. Um, I was doing this thing called Commando Fitness, which is like a military fitness um, mm. thing that you can do that's run by an ex-Royal Marine Commando um and yeah so if anything my fitness was getting better and better and better and yeah. i went to run one day and collapsed and so it's like yeah like exactly like you were saying you're you could be at any level of fitness peak fitness and then suddenly bam yeah <laughs> i mean i mean i've never had a mass like that you know i i think um the, the what's the worst i've had so far you know my blood pressure's gone up as i get a little bit older and i think it kind of runs in a family so i have to really keep that in check um you know, watching, you know, my dad had, has had a couple heart attacks and, um, sometimes I feel that and I'm like, no, nope, that's just a tendon. We're good. You know, okay. We don't have money. Uh, and I broke a bone and that was, that was pretty much it. And so when you don't expect, I mean, I'm, you're not the first person I, I've run into who's had this like massive, just come out of nowhere, but it, it's weird to think that you go from doing everything normal for maybe years, you know, you were doing I don't know how long you're doing the commando fitness, but a lot of people I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for five years. I've been a marathon runner for 10 years and just out of nowhere having this um, medical emergency for lack of a better word where you're now fighting, you know, for your, for your health and, and everything else. Um, and then to go into the whole hospital rigmarole, which we all know how that kind of works out, you know, whether you're, I don't care what country it's like, we know something's there. We know something's yeah. there, but sorry, we can't tell what it is. Um, and I think that is what really, um, having gone through that and having to go, you know, with my dad to the hospital and my grandmother when she had cancer and all that, the, the, that waiting period is, I think, the thing that builds. It's not just having that thing that's wrong with you. It's 
having to wait to figure out what it is, is like what really starts to build, at least what I saw with the people that I've met is that anxiety just immediately hits because it really is an unknown. And yeah, exactly. So, that. so I'm really curious as to, um, you know, kind of blasted through everything, but from the point of collapsing to the point of finally getting to figure out what it, what it was, how did that really take an effect? Like what was, what was going through your mind? And then, you know, how did you really feel about it? Man, I, um, so the first thing I'm thinking is, uh, okay, well, I'm clearly not going to find out what it is until whenever Mm -hmm. I have this MRI scan. So, um, I'm just thinking about, Amelie, my wife and my family and uh you know what I'm gonna tell them when I get home like you know Mm. it's it's the weirdest thing I know you're you're at this you know time slows down yeah but at the same time your brain is working at like a million miles an hour and you can't Mm. make sense of anything it's the weirdest feeling like I don't I don't know how to describe it any better than that (laughs) Uh, I think it's good man (laughs) it's a good feeling it's a good descriptor um Cool. And, um, yeah. So I, I asked the doctor, you know, you know, when's the, when's the earliest I'm likely to get the MRI scan. And she's like, well, we'll be lucky if we can see you in any sooner than two weeks. God. And you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's both quick, but it's also a long wait because, you know, it's NHS that we have over here in the UK, Mm -hmm. which was amazing for me. They they were amazing. People are very quick to complain about the NHS and the service we get, but actually it's fantastic. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll get onto that more later. But um, so I knew I had a two week wait ahead of me uh, and a taxi ride home thinking, okay, how the hell am I, do I communicate this to, to my family? And B, how am I going to get through the next two weeks to, have the MRI scan and actually then I had another wait after the scan to get the results of the scan. Oh wow. Yeah they're not they're not instant. So um you know ugh, it was it was seriously torturous. So um I guess this comes on to the next part of our chat which was like how did I how did I cope and how did I handle it? Yeah. Um so positive thinking okay let's let's talk about that for a bit. So when you're walking around in life in perfect, uh, perfect health or what you think is perfect health, mm-hmm. um, I would say, unless you're a very religious or spiritual person, most of us generally aren't walking around all day think, thinking loads of thoughts of gratitude. <laughs> yeah. And, and positive thinking. Let's, let's be realistic here. Yeah. We're not. We're just living our life. and. Yeah complacent about it (laughs) we're we're complacent we're also busy uh especially if you've got family kids a job Mm. a mortgage to pay life is just busy and keeps you seriously occupied yeah um but i got home and like you know uh, life suddenly stood still and i'd suddenly been throwing this massive curveball Mm. and the first thing i thought about was um was how can i stay positive so i um I just, uh, I went on the internet, I looked at some books um, and I started reading about um, the power of positive thinking and meditation and mindfulness and stuff like that. Um, I'm not religious, so, you know, I didn't turn to prayer or anything. Um, So that was my, that was my equivalent. And I started just trying to think positive thoughts. Um, And the way that happened for me was uh, really cool because it led to so much other stuff. So, you know, we talked before when we first had our chat about yeah. 
being how to be open-minded yeah <laughs> and what that actually means so if you're if you're an open-minded person what it means is you're open to hearing a new theory about something or learning something new and not judging it straight away and just being open-minded about it mm -hmm. and not judgmental so uh, a topic I'm getting onto this don't worry <laughs> a topic that splits a lot of people is something called the law of attraction right yeah yeah and the law of attraction is uh, often split and you know people are split into two camps camp A is it's awesome it changed my life it's amazing and camp B is what a wishy-washy load of absolute <laughs> bullshit right <laughs> yeah now I, I actually was not in either camp um, because as an open-minded person, I knew hardly anything about it. So I started reading about it. And depending on which books you read about the law of attraction, you'll, there's, there's a lot more fluffy language used in some than in others. So basically, yeah, for, yeah. Anyone who, for anyone out there who doesn't know it, it's essentially about the power of positive thinking, guys. Yeah. You, you can, and you know, read what you will don't listen to me don't let me dictate what it is to you i'm just one guy who's here telling you his experience mm -hmm. but basically they'll talk uh, depending on which book you read it talks a lot about energy and sending like positive vibrations into the universe and everything is energy and what you put out there into the universe will come back to you in abundance right but yeah. at the the very essence of it is all about positive frame of mind and positive thinking so you can choose to ignore all the stuff if you don't believe in the kind of more fluffy kind of stuff <laughs> that sounds a bit far-fetched and a bit sci-fi. It doesn't matter. I, I read it and what it did to me, whether I left that believing in it or not, I was like, well, what is literally, what is the worst that can happen yeah. by trying to think more positively and mm. doing a bit of meditation and put it, thinking positive thoughts, which for me was like lying down on a mat in my bedroom uh, with the lights off, uh, just slowing my breathing right down yeah. and thinking to myself, this thing is nothing. It's not going to, it's not going to defeat me. Yeah. Uh, the, the doctors will be able to get rid of it successfully. And that's what, um, and everything's going to be fine. And this will just be an event in my life. that I'll be able to look back on and, you know, just be like, well, thank, thank God that's over. You know, never have to worry about that again. Um, and so that's what I did over and over again for two weeks until my MRI scan and then another two weeks. Those <laughs> were the results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those were the most painful <clears throat> two weeks, man. Seriously. I can waiting for waiting for the MRI results. Yeah. Because that's when I was waiting to hear back what it was, how it was growing, and everything. So those two weeks were really bad. So in the, those second two weeks I seriously ramped up the the meditation, <laughs> the mindfulness and stuff. And by the way guys, um anyone who's listening to this who hasn't done it before Mindfulness is actually really difficult and you have to practice yes. it yes. to get good at it. Yep. So what happens when you try and sit down and uh, think calm thoughts is usually the opposite. Your brain will start thinking of all the... Uh, all yeah, it goes you know. into... <laughs> There's a guy um, that I'm connected to and he's on the... Uh, I don't know. Henry, I'm sorry. I know you're going to listen to this, but he's on the <laughs> north side of London. Anyways, he made a video about meditation and it started off with this like serene thing. And then it goes into this just really harsh, like three minutes of just drum and bass, right? <laughs> you know, going all over the place. And I was like, that is totally it. When you're That's trying, so funny. When you're trying to, when you're trying to practice it. 
is that you, you got to get through it. As a matter of fact, what's really funny is what I found while trying to do this, especially sometimes when, when I feel like I can't get into it, is like, at least you went for the, you, you, you went through the motions, right? So you sat there for the 10 minutes and your mind might've been all over the place. But with that open-mindedness that you were talking about and that power of positivity is that you, you, you can at least come back and say, hey, I sat down for 10 minutes and, and, and I did this. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily, we're all looking for the end result and not the process of keep going through it. And what I really yeah. like of what you said with the open-mindedness, there's so much more that goes into that because, and, and, and the positivity, because a lot of people will say, well, then you can be in, then you sub camp that out. Well, you're the kind of person who just doesn't believe in science. It's like, you can believe in the positive science, like, science, yeah, yeah. like doctors doing their job correctly. Plus, if I think positive about myself, I can start to discern what's the worst that can happen, what's the best that can happen. Like, there is so much more than just, I think everybody is, assumes when you get into this kind of like the fluffy woo-woo stuff that you don't believe <laughs> in in the, the actual science. So it's like, no, you, no, you can, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like one channel. I'm really, like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up. Like, you don't have to be split into one camp. It's not science. I believe in science and I believe in yeah. magic. It's, uh, it's uh, again, it's open-mindedness and it's just being willing enough and open-minded enough to be like, well, I've got this thing. What literally, what is the worst that can happen by trying to be positive about the situation? Mm. Um, because let's let's flip it. If you were negative about it and you got yourself all stressed about it, well, science does know what stress can do to you. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's only bad stuff. It could raise your blood pressure. It can literally make you ill. It can like manifest, stress can manifest itself in different ways in your body through like, like, old, like people who are like really stressed have reported old injuries from years ago, like starting to hurt again in that location, you know, all these kinds of things. And this is going to get really interesting because as you'll find out now, because I'll bring you back up to speed of what happened when I got those results, the whole thing I had could effectively have, have been caused by stress. So, oh, wow. so my, my MRI results came back and uh, I have the call from the, my, my surgeon and he has both good news and bad news. So like, <laughs> Again, oh, right? God, here we go. Seriously. <laughs> Like this, this roller coaster just keeps spinning and spinning. So I'm like, okay, so what's the good news? And he's like, okay, the good news is it's benign. You don't have cancer. All right. So, so the mass was benign. It was not malignant. It was non-cancerous. Okay, awesome. Because that's one of the main things I was worrying about because this thing was huge. So had it been yeah. a cancerous tumor, it would have been, I don't know, absolutely massive and it probably yeah. would have spread everywhere already. Anyway. Uh, so, okay, what's the bad news? He was like, well, the bad news is that the, the growth itself is originating from your T2 vertebrae, i.e. Mm. your spinal cord, which means it's going to be really fucking difficult to remove. <laughs> I can imagine. So, so I'm like, oh, great. You know, <laughs> like, oh. So the, the, the roller coaster of shit continued. Um, uh, so I was like, okay, well, again, let's focus on the positives. I've just been told I don't have cancer. Yeah. That's a good celebration to have, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. And then, uh, I start thinking, okay, right. Got to tackle the next thing. Like it's clearly going to be a very long, detailed, difficult operation, but mm. you know, I'm in, I'm in good hands and they'll find, you know, good surgeons who know what they're doing and he can do it for me. So, um, then a massive stroke of luck and guys, anyone listening out there, you've just got to take luck when it comes your way. Just accept <laughs> it. 
don't you know what i mean by no that? question yeah yeah don't question it some people and also you can sometimes feel it's a really weird thing where you can sometimes feel guilty about getting a really good stroke of luck yeah Do you know what i'm talking about no i know i know it's what weird. you mean like, yeah. like you're like no this couldn't happen to me it's it's, it's not po- possible right it's exactly so, the thing right yeah, yeah it turns like, into it it's somehow pot that pot that that positive luck or what we feel would be luck or you know however you want to describe that for lack of a better word luck is the best one we can use is all of a sudden you just go into that that negativity about it like okay this is um or the misconceptions right or um okay there's something very negative in this and so that's all you search for right exactly like, yeah no i know exactly, I, exactly, that's exactly you. It. you can sometimes feel guilty it might be a, like mm. i don't deserve this kind of thing or something but anyway um i'm in the i'm in the back in the surgeon's office talking about this thing in person um after after the phone call and what the next step is i.e the surgery and he's like okay so i as in the surgeon i'm gonna be the thoracic surgeon because that's what he was so a thoracic being chest surgeon so he, mm-hmm. he's usually dealing with lung tumors and stuff like that and people who have lung cancer because this yeah. growth is like growing forward from my spine and forwards into my chest cavity Oof. uh but I'll, I'll need to do the surgery in tandem with a neurosurgeon and he'll be the guy who detaches it from your spine in the first place and then i'll take over and re- remove it from the cavity mm. And he's like, I know a great guy. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. Let me give him a call right now. I doubt he'll answer, but what's, you know, at least yeah. I can try. He calls his friend, uh, a surgeon called Mr. Adrian Casey. What do you know? The guy picks up. <laughs> they, they get their diaries together mm-hmm. on the phone right there. And I think this was, I think this was the beginning or middle of November. Okay. And they said, how I'm free on the 8th of December how or, sorry the 3rd of December or something how does that work for you he was like yeah me too and what you, what you have to understand there is this isn't private healthcare it's on the NHS right yeah so that was literally like a miracle so within six weeks of being diagnosed and collapsing on that run I was on the operating table being wow the, which is just amazing like amazing yeah so, uh, that, that, yeah. I mean heck Sometimes, I mean, in uh, well, here, like in the private healthcare, sometimes it can t- it can we can take longer than that, just depending on what exactly um, you know what like system, what got, how, yeah, 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 what you have, like how you know where is it in the span, where does it fall on the cost spectrum, and all the other crazy things that go into it. Because I remember when my dad was going through some stuff, and they're like, "Well, you can go for another few months before you know we got to get you on the table or whatever else." And of course, he's there living with the whole thing, and then I don't know too much about the 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 public health care because we just don't really run you know we don't have that system here i mean unless yes. you work in government like if you work in military then it's pub- public like it's right it's okay. the same process uh but uh i'll give you an example i have a friend and maybe he'll listen to this um and i don't know too much of the story because it was a few years ago but i remember his wife was really ill his wife at the time and um I guess it was just forever they were waiting to get the specialist and the surgeon, everybody lined up because they had all these other obligations of people who were already in the system that then were also getting prioritized based on their illness because they knew what they had to do, right? They knew that, yeah, they knew the, the recovery process, the, the, the symptoms, they knew everything else. And with, with his um, spouse, if I remember right, they were really trying to figure it out. And and he was kind of cursing the system at the same time, (laughs) like, don't get me wrong, this could go into a whole nother debate, but (laughs) <laughs> there, the, the whole idea is yeah. that I've heard both the good and the bad about both sides of it. And, oh, um, totally. And, you know, I, I 
bearing in mind just waiting for that one surgeon if, if it was only him who had to do it yeah i might i might have waited three months before his next free slot to operate wow so the minute you throw another surgeon in there because they have to do this operation in tandem you're doubling your, yeah. your difficulty of finding that that day when they're both free on the same day in time to do it so man it was just amazing so yeah. i think honestly i think my i think my operation was on the 2nd of december 2013 which will be yeah exactly six years ago in like three days time tuesday yeah on tuesday yeah exactly like tuesday hang on monday uh i don't know yeah monday monday it is monday yeah right yeah totally wow Uh, yeah three days man so uh yeah um man i don't do you have any questions at this stage or shall i jump forward to the to the next steps like the um, i you know really it's it, it really is about the I mean, I think we really hit on it, but that those waiting periods and having that just um, unknown sit over your head, it, it seems so I could really dig on this because like you talk about people who are, whether it's a, a moral injury um, or it's a physical injury or something that's wrong is like, there's, there's always this unknown, like, where did it come from? How did I get here? Where, what is, what is going on and how did I arrive here? And then how do we really deal with that? And And you really hit, See, this is why this is why you're a good podcast host, Kyle. Because you've just in saying that you've reminded me to to fill in a few gaps and stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> I talked you, a lot. I, I talked a lot about the the neg, uh, the, the positive thinking. But yeah. guys, anyone listening to this, don't get me wrong. It was really really hard to keep those negative thoughts at bay. That's why it's even more important to so you know things that are going through my head are: Am I going to die? Am mm. I going to wake mm. up paralyzed from the operation because it's it's growing out of my spinal cord so you know i had to sign the form saying that i could wake up without the loss of my movement in my legs and all the usual stuff you have to sign before surgery but mine yeah. was even longer because it was to do with the top of my spine so you know am i going to die on the operating table because all surgery is major major surgery at the end of the yeah. day am i going to wake up paralyzed from the neck down uh you know i've got a, a one-year-old daughter we moved into our first house like six months ago am i going to leave Emily husbandless and Elise fatherless and are they going to be able to cope you know yeah all these things just flooding into your head and you've just got to do your utmost to keep them at bay yeah and keep the positive thinking over like dominant over the negative thinking like and it's so yeah yeah it's so so for for me you know I've I've dealt more on on like the mental health side of of things like personally and and, you know I I haven't told complete story but there's a lot of uh, because this is all about other people's story but I love to be able to intertwine the things because if I can find something relational somebody listening can find something too and that's the big thing is like okay you know let's just barring anything else let's just say paralyzed right you're you're, now you're different um yeah I hate to use that word different, but something has changed massively in your life and you're feeling different and you're, you're operating different. And that's just like people who deal maybe who, who let a massive depression take over for years is that you're just not operating up, up, up to par. And, and you're right. Like, those are the things that go through your mind is like, okay, if I'm, if I'm different, if I'm not like this is like, how's that going to affect everybody else? How am I going to deal with that? And it just, instead of trying to find the solution, you just dig yourself into more and more how, how problems are going to manifest. Right. Like, okay if this and that's where that 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 mode of thinking goes right if you don't try to at least find the positive and it almost seems like those one or two negative things which let me wrong being paralyzed from like the neck down to the waist down would be there's not a lot you can do from that standpoint unless uh how, however, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. However, it, it is a massive thing. You, you think all of a sudden of the burden that you then place on other people um, and how that's going to affect their life. And, and it's only one or two things that shift in your life that then cascade into these monumental modes of thinking of negativity. And think about that. For, I mean, if you really think about that for a second, one or two negative things just blow up to be this massive weight versus all the, the, the small wins, I guess is what you call them, which I think actually have a lot more weight. You know, you have a, a, um, you know, you have a, a, a daughter, that's some, something positive to think in your life. And you've, you've been married, I don't know how long at that point in time, you got your first, all these positive things going on in your life. And even if you came back from surgery, and let's just say you were paralyzed, which he's not everybody, I've seen him walk, he got up and answered the door on, on the show. Uh, but I almost think that we just kind of let those go really quickly. Like, okay, well that doesn't matter. It's, it's the complaint. It's almost going back to the complacency that we talked about. Like I have all these, yeah. so why even bother thinking about that? Cause I already have it, you know, but this could really affect me. Um, but even if you came back paralyzed, you know, or just like somebody dealing with a mental health issue or a moral injury, or um, there's still so much more to, to be thankful for that you have. And, and, and we really, you're right. We just don't hold on to that um, as much as we should, you know, and I hate, should is a, it's a bad word. Wait, there it is right there. I'm pointing oh, yeah. to the word should it's next up <laughs> much more than we, we need to. Right. Yeah. And yeah, man, I, I, I really, I really feel you on, on that one. I haven't been down that path, but it, it's definitely something that we will take whatever is bad and put it under the microscope way before anything that's good. So yeah, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that triggered something because it, definitely and you know the other thing is just while it's in my head um yeah. my like my this my this experience that i had yeah. could be someone else's this yeah. which they think oh god i i thought what i went through six years ago was really bad but this this you know this is 10 times worse mm -hmm. don't think that everyone yeah. is allowed to have their own shit that is yeah that is um what's the word i'm looking for it's uh proportional to their what's yeah. going on in their life you know exactly because you, you could think like i could think oh god i'm so lucky like i thought all that stuff i went through six years ago with the tumor growing out of my spine and all that mm. crap bad but wow this this guy's just got back from the front line of afghanistan and he yeah. got blown up by an id and got you know his leg blown off mm -hmm. so he's through. but actually everything's proportional to your own life you're allowed mm. everyone is allowed to have their own yeah crap feel that it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to them and stuff you know yeah and then when we come from so i, I it's funny you mention that because I, I see this happen on, on in certain communities is like um he's like well so and so was you know blown up you know uh, I'll, I'll give you one here's one so i went to this camp um and i've talked about this a few times because it happened recently and i met a guy who was a um he was a green beret, right? Which is a, it's yeah. kind of a tough job. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, if you listen to the show, man, like this, 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 it actually hit home because he's like, I've been blown up 14 times. I've been shot three times, right? And the very fact that he was in that camp and he was helping other people who were dealing with other issues, like some guys who maybe had, hadn't been in combat, but they had dealt with just some very, very bad, dark things in their life. He showed through that, um, compassion that he had is like, it doesn't matter whether you're me who's been literally blown up or you've had this to deal with. We're all here for one thing because it is the thing that has affected your life. And you, if you pause for a minute, and you think about that. 
he wasn't making any comparison because you yeah. live your own life and, and he didn't make any judgments either. And sometimes with people who come from that very, and I don't like using the word, the alpha society, uh, we'll see, we'll just be like, well, you're just being weak. Like, Oh, a little, a little tumor, right? You know? <laughs> 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 Instead of saying, you know what, this is probably the worst thing you run up to in your life. If you've been, if you've been running healthily, like you said, you know, you're doing the camp and you, you keep in good physical shape and you know, uh, you were living a good, good life. And then all of a sudden there's a catalyst that just changes the direction of everything. That's just as bad as the catalyst for somebody else. It's just because at that roadblock was put in your life and you can't determine how big it is going to be for somebody else. You know, maybe for that person who had been blown up 14 times and shot three times to him, if he ran into that issue, it might be a smaller hurdle, but he now has the wherewithal. And I think you definitely explain this to say, well, yeah, but that hurdle for somebody else could be 10 feet tall. And it doesn't mean they're any less tough or have any less mental fortitude. It just isn't, they've not had to deal with something like that before. So one, and you know, exactly. Yeah. And when it's a, when it's a um, health related yeah. thing that's happening inside your body, yeah, it's almost like it, it is different because you have not, it's not something you've done where you've put yourself in a dangerous situation. Oh yeah. It's walking around, living your life one day, and then bang, being told you've got this thing in your body that there's nothing to do with anything you've done. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had, so I had a, th this is a nice segue into like what it was. It was a, a benign type, a benign type of tumor called a ganglioneuroma. Re great word, huh? Um, ten, ten, ten times fast. Uh, well, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a slow, it's a slow growing type of tumor. Oh, wow. That usually appears like under the skin. Okay. So they're usually really harmless because a little lump pops up under your skin on your arm or something mm -hmm. and you see it straight away when it's like the size of a pea. Yeah. And that's it. It gets cut out and you're done. So I had one of those, which is really common, but in a really, really uncommon place. Wow. And you said uh, slow growing, right? Yeah. So um, that's the thing. They told me that there's, you know, this thing was like the size of a very like large guy's fist, right? Yeah. Um, in my chest or like the size of a large potato or something like yeah, yeah no no no, i get it uh, and uh so it, uh, and they're a very slow growing type of tumor so basically the bottom line was well obviously retrospectively we have absolutely no idea when this thing started but what we can tell you is that you might have been walking around with this thing in your body for years it's just that it's got big enough now to have manifested itself because it's you know it, it made your breathing difficult and it was pressing on your arteries and stuff you know mm. but it, it, i i was there's a very high chance I was walking around with that thing and growing in my body for years. Golly. It's weird, right? Yeah. And you don't even know it. Like that's, no, you don't know. you've got no yeah. idea. You're just, uh, yeah. You would have had to have had, uh, an X-ray or a CT scan for something else for it to have shown up as like an incidental finding. Yeah. Otherwise you would never have known anything about it, man. But I don't know. Like in retrospect, I I don't like doing this, but what would have been what would have been to to you now having gone through this? What would have been worse to find it out by something incidental like you? Hey, we're gonna do a routine checkup and let's just check your spine really quick or <laughs> collapsing. What would you have rather had? Probably would. Have, I don't know. Uh, that is, I've never been asked that before. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I'm 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 curious because like. Some people really have this like resilient mindset and they're like, Oh, I just waited to collapse. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I think um, the way, the way it happened was never going to be ideal. Like, yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think maybe, 
maybe the way it happened because I think if you'd just been going for something else and you hadn't collapsed, yeah. so you didn't say something was wrong, mm. it would be an even bigger punch in the face than it already wow. was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the incidental finding, like, oh, I didn't come here for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I came for like uh, I came for a routine like health check or to check something, and I've left being told I've got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got this massive tumor. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just I'm 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 always curious like when people run into issues. I'm like, well, you know, what would what would this have been the best way you would you would like to find out? I, we don't get a choice, obviously. You know, that's just the way life shows up. But I'm just like that question popped into my mind, maybe just out of curiosity. Like, what would you have preferred? Like, oh no. I, um, <laughs> I think I'll take the collapsing instead of just being told by the way, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, it's just interesting because it kind of gives us, you know, a little insight into maybe the way you just, you think and you, you feel about those things is like, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather know the rhyme behind the reason than just to be told surprise. Right. Um, so it's just some people don't, oh man, how do I put it? Almost that almost tells us like how logical people want to be in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. They'd much rather have something like a cause and effect than, than something coming out of nowhere. Um, this is still out of nowhere, right? Because you collapse. But I mean, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't uh, a causation. It yeah, it was, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was a, uh, I'm trying to get scientific in my mind. This isn't working there. You know, it's, yeah, like you said, an incidental finding, which I think exactly. could, you're right, could be far worse. Yeah. Um, I don't want to like speculate, but just the way some people think, you know, a lot of people don't want that incidental, you know. Um, which I just I'm, think I'm it would, yeah. Them. I think what we're getting to is that it would have been even more of a shock than it already was because yeah, yeah. like I went like I put- knowing something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd gone just for some kind of thing and been told that it would have been like, wow. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the next like logical thing to talk about is um, the, the surgery and the, 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 the often mm, recovery you know, the next, yeah man uh, the recovery stuff yeah so how long was so you went into surgery three days from now six years ago so six yeah, years yeah, ago exactly. um, so, um, i it was a it was a six and a half hour operation whoa. Um, uh at the royal brompton hospital in london um and I, I, I remember, I definitely remember coming to you and the first thing I did was wiggle my toes. I definitely remember that. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I remember, well, not the first thing I did, obviously when you're waking up from that much anesthetic from a six hour operation, you're like all over the place. But once yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in hospital. I've just had this operation. Okay. Let's have a look. Can I move my feet? Yes, I can. Cool. Okay. That was, uh, that was step one out of the way. So I was like, yeah. okay, I'm not paralyzed. I like this. That's good. Um, and then I just remember being in an absolute world of pain. Like, mm. because I was on ridiculous amounts of morphine, um, Oxycontin. Uh, and I had the, in the bed, I had this self, you know, the clicker, the self-injection <laughs> yeah. um, Did you max that had, out? <laughs> yeah, I had a funny episode where I where I definitely did too much and like uh, not to turn this into a drugs talk no. because, because Hey, but I, I definitely went too far. Like it's self-regulating, but yeah. you can't, you can't ever OD on it, but yeah. you can give yourself too much. Mm-hmm. And I started tripping out big time and like oh, the, curtains, the curtains of the ward started turning into like monsters that were flying towards <laughs> my face and Grief. stuff. So I remember being like, uh, nurse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
and she was like yeah let me just uh let me just change the dosage on that um but yeah like incredible incredibly painful um the, the mm -hmm. surgery i had is called a posterolateral thoracotomy and i have a scar from the the top of my the top of my spine so just like where your shirt collar would be yeah um arching and it ends just under my rib cage like that oh like so halfway down in your side yeah yeah it goes yeah. down in, a, in an arc down your back like that so it's like a foot long scar where they literally cut open my back held yeah. it held it open for six hours and Woo. stuff but here's so, so really weird thing that happened that freaked me out um i'm lying in bed and uh i was told that i might lose um some loss of sensation down the left side of my body yeah because various nerves had to be cut through to remove the tumor mm -hmm. so i've got like various weird things that happen as a as a side result of that so i was told about that i was never told that anything would happen to the right side of my body. And I woke up and I had absolutely no feeling in my wow. whole right arm. So Man. I was really freaked out. So, and they were like, no, no, your right arm must be fine. And surprise, surprise, they came and they checked me out. And what, and what do they do? They do old school, let's stick some pins in your arm and see if you can feel it. Good. I could not, and they did it and they were like, oh, okay, he's not, he's not lying. I couldn't feel anything when they stuck pins all the way down my arm into my fingertips. And then they worked out what had happened was I'd been lying on the operating table on my right arm from yeah. the position they put me in. And I literally just had the worst case ever of dead arm, like that you get in your yeah. sleep. That, that was all it was. But okay. I was, it took, it's because it took like 24, 48 hours to come back. Yeah. Uh, so Plus really, all the anesthesia and then yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. anesthesia and then, um, yeah, man, then the drip. Oh God. Yeah, it can, so it can be frightening though, right? I mean, because you just come out of a. So yeah. I, I, th I think about it this this way. Uh, my dad had open heart. Um, you know, they cracked his chest open, and and, and and that's the big first major surgery that I've I've seen somebody go through. I mean, what you had that's major surgery. I, anytime you cut somebody open, it's major surgery. But I mean, yeah, yeah. tear open somebody's body with you know <laughs> something longer than this. You know, exactly. It it it, it can. There's no telling the effects that can happen. So. Like I can imagine the amount of angst, like saying, "Okay, well, it's my left side, and now my right side's numb." But you don't, and, and and you don't know, and you have to like systematically play through things, like you said, wiggling your toes, right? Just okay, I'm not paralyzed. That's good. Um, and then questioning like every little thing that pops up because you never know what's going to happen after surgery. So there's, depending on who you talk to, that that I've heard, anybody who's in the medical field can can say whatever they want on this. Send me a message, but some surgeries I've heard that were classified as a fact uh, as a successful that they can open you up and close you back. Right. And no. then whatever happens from there, um, those are just byproducts of the surgery. The surgery was successful because they opened you up and successfully put you back together, barring whether anything changed or not. Exactly. And then all those secondary conditions that, that can stem from that. Like I, um, I have some really weird stuff. I didn't, I yeah. didn't even talk about it on the video. Do you want like, yeah, no, I think, I think I, I really think that that digs in and like how much it can play on, on somebody. Cause there's, there's a whole level. This isn't just physical. This is a lot of oh, yeah. loads of thinking. I mean, in the way you approach it in life, the way you feel about things from here on out, like there's so much into it, but yeah, I mean, hit it. Like the physical stuff. Um, some really weird things. Uh, well, just two that happened as a result. So, um, they, they warned me, I mentioned earlier, they warned me that they were, it was very likely that some nerves would be cut through to remove the tumor because that's how big it was. Yeah. Well, they were right because it happened. So <laughs> I 
I'm, I'm literally able to laugh about it now because one of them is so strange because it has hardly any negative effects. It's just a really weird thing. So I don't sweat down the whole left-hand side of my body. Oh, good grief. Because, because the nerve that controls these sweat glands are literally split. You can cut your body in half like that and one controls the right one. Controls yeah. Oh, man. So, so when I go to the gym and work out, like you can draw a line <laughs> from the top of my head down my nose. I don't sweat under my left arm. I don't sweat on the left side of my head because that nerve was cut through that controls yeah. that. And um, the other one was a nerve that controls your eyelid and the dilation of your pupils. So I oh. have a slightly, a slightly closed like left eye, like ever so slightly droopy yeah. left eyelid. And then the eye, uh, the pupil on my left eye is at a, a fixed dilation. So if you flash a light in my eyes, it doesn't get smaller and then get bigger when it gets darker. It just stays the size it is. Oh, yeah. so depending on what light you're looking at me in, it might yeah. look weird because one of my pupils will be a different size than the other one. So that these are results yeah. of my operation that I gladly take because they <laughs> are absolutely minor compared to the paralysis, the death, you know, yeah. everything else that could have happened. So it's just, yeah, you, I just accept it and that's what it is. Man. But that's, I think it's, it's a good result, but at the same time, you can use that to your, now you can laugh at it and you can use your, you go, you know, to your advantage. Like if you go to the gym, I'd imagine like Two-Face, right? <laughs> like going to the gym, it's like, what, how did you, no, I just saw it on one half of my body. Like, you know, yeah, you, could, yeah, exactly. you can have so much fun with it. And, and that's a great excuse to get the star out and show them what happened. Check this out, man. Look what I got. You know, it's, it's funny. You mentioned, um, you mentioned those things is because like a lot of people come back from, from different surgeries and, and, and that there is that, that possibility and they, they'll still think about maybe negative effects that go down the line. And so what I'm really curious is, is like, do you, do you ever just think about like, if anything comes back, do you have routine checkout? Like what, what do you do oh, to, yeah. secure your, to, to secure yourself in it? Um, Cause we know you use the, positive thinking you've been using that from the get-go i think it's a really big tool and we'll yeah we'll kind of end on part of that note but like what do you the, the, is, it, is it something you just don't worry about anymore or what, no, no. What, what happens uh, now? yeah another great question i um i have a uh well every year after 2013 i had an mri scan every year to check for mm. regrowth of the tumor because yeah. uh, i they say it's got a three percent chance of coming back um, I had that every year for the first th uh, three or four years. And now okay. I'm on a cycle of it every other year. Yeah. So the last time I had a checkup was in January, 2019. Uh, and everything came back fine. So my next one will be in January, 2021. Okay. Yeah. So I'm on a cycle of two, two year yearly MRI scans to check how everything is. Does it and obviously if I, if I feel anything, in my chest or anything i'm obviously way more nervous and cautious mm -hmm. about it so i can then go to go to my gp and kind of get fast tracked to get my to get my chest checked out if, if yeah. i've got any twinges or anything like that i could but, still ima like imagine even though that security saying i get an mri check every now it's every two years and then you can go to your your doctor if you feel something i can still imagine it's not the best feeling to have like if you I have i mean so i, so I, I like um, it to that it's like Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, luckily, I don't hate the, um, there'll be a lot of people listening out there who have never had an MRI scan and who, who never will have to have one. Mm -hmm. uh, some people hate them because it's very, very claustrophobic um, being put yeah. in the 
in the MRI tube. Luckily, I don't, I don't get claustrophobic and I don't have an issue with it. And you can almost just, it takes about half an hour to do mine and you can almost just fall asleep. Like you have to, you have to hold your breath a few times because holding mm. your breath shows up differently. But yeah, like, so that, thank, thank goodness for that. Because if you really hated MRI scans and being in an in fine mm. space, it'd be even worse for you because it's a, a tube where, you know, the, the wall is like an inch <laughs> away from your, yeah. yeah, exactly. An inch away from your nose. And it makes, it makes loads of really loud clicking noises because it's just yeah. a huge, huge magnet spinning around and stuff. Uh, so that's cool. But I, yeah, it's definitely not nice. And, I guess coming back full circle to our, to our discussion and our positive thinking, I'd say mm -hmm. I'm not, this whole event hasn't made me on a daily basis practice the positive thinking, but it okay. did shift my mindset fundamentally. But now <laughs> when I have the MRI scans, I, I definitely do more conscious positive thinking and say the week running up to it. Yeah. 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 I could, I, I could, I could, I could see that, you know, a lot of people, who make the the changes to do, you know, everybody's like, I do daily mindset work. I do daily these things. I said, it, it, and it almost becomes so ritualistic that if you miss it, now it becomes worse than the event that you've gone through. Yeah. Um, and and I, I've been, man, I've been guilty of that. Cause I'm like, I was doing like ritualistic meditation for like months on end. And then it just became, I went to this slew of work where I just had no time to myself. And then um, I collapsed a little bit, not, not physically, just like the, um, uh, yeah, really collapse because because you don't do those things. And I, I think I think what happens is, is when you can just kind of freely go into that when you need it and you can tap into that energy and that tool that you that you that you've used um, and knowing that's uh, such a great thing that can kind of reel you back in, you know, because there's there's certainly I, I'd say, especially with people who've gone through any kind of medical procedure, um, there's that little shadow of a doubt that something can come back. Like you said, a three percent chance is is not a zero percent chance exactly. and, so, and that 3% isn't in, in you can't trivialize it because it's still um, you know some people are like well it's just 3% I was like yeah 3% is still a chance and that just means that it could come back and that anxiety sits over you I would say forever like for my dad's condition forever you know there's some days where you know he went a couple years without anything but he was just worried you know just in the back of his mind somewhere back here you know you could tell um, you could tell in the way that maybe he was thinking that day or the way he's feeling that day is like, I don't know if I'm going to have a heart attack today or it's horrible. And uh, I can't imagine what, what that is, but, but you really said, you know, I can't imagine for that on the health side. Um, I haven't been there yet. I hope never to get there. However, um, <clears throat> I know the crushing feeling of, of just that anxiety and that if you don't put maybe something into place, if you don't find <laughs> a thing that, you know, that can help you out of it, exploring those things. And, and, and it sounds like you did a great deal of exploration, right? You just did a very, um, you went down that road. It's, like, it's um, another good book I read um, during the whole uh, waiting for the results period and waiting for the operation and stuff was a book called The Brain That Heals Itself. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a, it's not, it's not about this at all. Um, it's, it's a proper scientific book about um neuroplasticity yeah um which is really cool like everyone should give it a read seriously it's like don't get me wrong guys this is not a light book it's a mm. proper heavy book full of case studies but out of a scientific book like that it's one of the easiest ones to read that i've ever come across and um it's more about neuroplasticity and how um we can you know kind of think ourselves better yeah yeah and it uses examples of like parkinson's disease sufferers and stuff 
In fact, it's really making me want to like go back and read it again now because I didn't finish it. I read like a- I'm gonna put it on the reading list. It's definitely yeah, good. Yeah. I, every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, oh, I got a new book to read. Yeah, it's really cool. Of- so it's by <laughs> it's the brain that heals itself by Norman Doidge, and um, it's it's really good. You'll find it on Amazon and everywhere. Um, uh, yeah. So that was another cool thing I read, and uh, it's like you just said, Carl. It was uh, it's a whole. It's not just the in the moment positive thinking. It's the yeah. whole mindset shift and the stuff you leave with after it and being just generally a more positive person and yeah uh making sure that you constantly stay open-minded because it served you well in the past and that kind of thing yeah it, it, yeah. it there, there definitely it, there's a lot of the, the the one thing i say to people and i and i even remind myself is like why not if 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 there's any <laughs> I almost thought of this as kind of a weird, like, I guess, metaphor or weird visualization is like, if your tire goes flat, try pumping air into it. Try that first, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if it holds, then, then we're good. And we know that the air worked. If not, we need a new tire and then we'll figure out how to repair from there. Or maybe we need to repair it. But there's so many things in the chain of trying to, to feel better and to, to make a better impact in your life. And we want to skip right to the, let's just go buy the new tire. Let's go spend the $500 or whatever. Well, my tires are. Yeah, they're expensive, but you know, let's go spend that how much money it is on this really great new tire. But when maybe we just need to fill it full of air, and so why not try the the first things first? And you're right, man. I mean, a lot of people want to skip all of that mental thinking, right? The positive thinking is just what tool can I use now that is going to make that that rapid change? Um, and I see that stick so many people, whether they're going through a medical condition or whether they're going through mental health, um, is that and medical really leads into mental health. Like it's a it's a comp, it's a, it's a left right, you know. And, um, and I just see that that happened so many times. I just, no, I don't want, that's not going to work. It's, it's not, it's, it's insane to think that I could just go through and think differently and feel better while I'm going through this. It's not how it works because there's so many definites, but I mean, it's been proven time and time again. And I find a lot of people who've, um, and I've just scratched the surface on neuroplasticity. Like we were just talking about it the, on a call the other week, um, with okay. mine, but I find so many people and speakers and other people I've talked to who've discussed that is they say, man, if you really dig into it and you really look into the science behind it, it'll change the way you think. Yeah. Um, not just the neuroplasticity, changing the way you think and rewiring yourself, but you'll gain a better understanding and then it'll, it'll help you lead to, a, to, to your approach and to doing those things, those filling the tire full of air to the positive 100%. thinking. 100%. Yeah. And you know what I can, another interesting thing following on from that is what it's led me to, things that it's led me to explore and books that it's led me to buy that I know 100% I never would have even looked. (laughs) I I would never have looked at them a second time on the bookshelf in the bookshop, or I would never have looked them up online. But books like, um, I don't know, like uh, goal setting books, like um, how how to get from where you are to where you want to be, which is a really, really multi-million bestseller. So loads of people will know it. But I didn't, I didn't read and buy books like that before this whole thing. Yeah. They, and they've been amazing and have helped me do other stuff. So mm. it's like you said, it is that chain, chain reaction of things. Like it's never just that one episode or that one thing. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing what it can go on to do in your life, like an event like this. Um, and, you, and, you, and you have to remind yourself sometimes that it, actually if that had never happened, because you again you get caught up in the daily life and stuff but mm-hmm. just talking to you now has made me realize yeah there's loads of stuff that i never would have done yeah if it wasn't for this tumor uh, yeah. and getting through it and it comes back to this biggest this biggest um cliche 
is like uh what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah no it's just a good phrase though isn't it <laughs> it's such a good phrase and you know let's face it generally cliches are cliches because they're true yeah because they yes. get set apart because they're true and it's you know i i can now I feel like I'm entitled almost to be somebody, <laughs> to be someone who can say what well, doesn't kill you makes you stronger because of what I've went through because it definitely made it's definitely made me stronger both um, both mentally and physically actually which is an- another story but there we go no, I, there, yeah there I mean there's so much to ex- uh, to even explore just going further down but you can look at again you can look at people's journey and people who've who came out on the other side the the whole like the whole phrase like stay in the fight is the people who do who continuously like they go through that that game-changing moment and yeah. like you said you could have went down the negative path and said oh everything's gonna be bad it's gonna be cancer it's gonna be this oh i bet it's gonna be this and, and watch how that affects you going long term or you can choose you can choose to just say okay i'm not gonna let this beat me uh, and if it starts to beat me we'll, we'll play with it when we get there but i'm not gonna entertain the idea that i am you know uh, i'm gonna be taken down by this one thing, whether it be your physical health or mental health, that I, I choose to, to go forward. And what that leads me into is kind of our lead out question for you is, um, if you had to say, talking to anybody who's been through something similar, it doesn't even have to be similar, you know. Just like a tough episode. Like yeah, any, just, yeah. Tough, yeah. So, you know, what, t- how would you stay in the fight? So it's such a great question. And that's why like the whole, the whole uh, point of the podcast is so great. So for me, you, you've got to find something to attach to and to like, you know, like live for. Let's let's be let's be honest. So like, yeah. family is the top one for me. So definitely. So I at the time I had, yeah, we we just had we just had Elise, our one year old daughter at the time. Uh, I now have three kids. Um, okay. So yeah, I've got a wife and, and three kids. Um, so it's family is definitely always number one. Um, and then for me, it's um, it's uh, just like living and life in general. So I'm, as you know, I'm really big into sustainability and stuff. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, wow, Carl, this is awesome. This is a whole new, <laughs> a whole new thing. I never would have thought that we'd get to on this. But so so anyone listening so as you know from my introduction so i'm I'm really into sustainability i'm an environmentalist and you know we are going through the biggest fight as a species we've ever gone through at the moment with the climate crisis and the Mm -hmm. state of the world so i in being inspired by wanting to do whatever i can to make the world a better place by only choosing to work with sustainability focused businesses and by setting up sustainability side hustles my passion to do as much as I can in that area, like really keeps me going and helps me stay in the fight. So yeah. that's, uh, I, I never expected that to <laughs> come around like that. That's awesome. <laughs> it, no, it's, re- I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting what people have chosen to say. And, and a lot of it goes around what drives them and motivates their family, their their idea to live out the life that they want. And for you, it's yeah. to, to, for you, it's to be the entre- to be an entrepreneur, to, to make yeah. better change in the world, you know, through helping um, sustainable clients, which I mean, that, but that goes back to the whole thing is like, why am I still here? Right. And what do I choose to do this for? And I, I'm going to take that time that I have and, and really focus towards that. And I'm not going to let anything you've not been defeated. You've came out clean on the other side of, of, of the, 
physical issues and the, in the, the mental issues that can stem from that. Cause we know again, that, that, that comes from that. And it's so, it's such yeah. a clear, clear thing. I love when people do that. They, they ask that question like, <laughs> Oh my God. Um, yeah. 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 Totally. But, but, can yeah, I, can, I want to say something that I know will sound really cheesy, but it's, it's really important, which is that anyone, anyone out there who's listening to this and is hopefully still listening to this. <laughs> they will. They will. Yeah, they will. Um, just remember, like live, live each day to the full. Like I said, I told you it was going to sound like a cliche, but the reason for that is because you're hearing this from someone who really did just get told one day this awful thing mm. who thought he was in perfect health and then bam, like life changing moment. Yeah. And people out there, yeah, are getting diagnosed with cancer and other horrible things all the time. And it is just a really good reminder when it actually does happen to you to make the most of your life and remember that health, health really is everything like almost above your family, because if you are not in good health, you can't look yeah. after your family. Mm. So like your health is everything. Cause if, if you're not in good health, you've, you're not going to be in a position to look after your family. If that's yeah. normally, if family is normally your first thing. So just, uh, yeah. Carpe diem. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You find the thing you attach to and, and, and keep that. But you're right. If, if we say that in the mental health side all the time, it's like, unless you can help yourself, you're no good to anybody else. So work on that. Um, and, and the same thing on your physical health. Why, why not? I mean, those, I, they actually really go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad you mentioned that because a lot of people will neglect the physical side to work on the mental side. Like you need to <laughs> you have the diet and, and the, and the exercise. Exactly. Plus, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but it really is this big piece of the puzzle. Russ, I really, I really appreciate you coming on. What I want to give you the opportunity if anybody, anybody wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? That's awesome. Um, yeah, please do feel free to connect with me. I'd love to connect with anyone who's listened to this. So, um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you'll find me on LinkedIn. At just, yeah. Yeah. At Russ Avery. Um, there's probably more than one that comes up. I'm Russ Avery and it'll say the sustainability marketing guy in my headline. Uh, and my second channel is Instagram, which is just at the Russ Avery. And yeah, those are my two main channels. My website's russavery.com. Uh, I, it's currently just a landing page because I need to, need to give it an overhaul. But yeah, those, <laughs> the, those are the three main places you can find me. Oh, man. Hey, I really appreciate it. I really, really, I'm grateful that you were able to come on and, and, and dig in and to share the, the, the depths of the journey. I can't tell you, every, everybody who comes on here, they give me so much energy to go back out and, and prove why, why I do this. And I talk to people like you, the real people that, that exist in the world. Because to me, you guys are the celebrities. You guys are the famous ones. Like You are the people who <laughs> people need to hear something from somebody that they could just pick up the phone today and say, Hey man, I'm really going through this. Would you talk to me? And, and I know every guest would say, yeah, let's, let's just chat. And, and you definitely one of those people. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on my friend. Nice one, Carl. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been, uh, yeah, I've had a blast talking to you. It's been awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. We look forward to bringing you new content each and every week through our boots on the ground approach of real and relatable guests. But I'll tell you what, this show cannot carry on without your support. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Thanks everyone for listening. And I want to remind you, stay in the fight.